Hey, it's Candy. Did you know that I have a quiz to help coaches choose their niche? Yeah, I do. It's super popular and it has been taken more than 20,000 times. This is a fun quiz that takes you about two minutes to do, and it will probably give you way more clarity on choosing your best coaching niche. So now whether you say niche or niche, it's going to work for you. And if you're a coach and you have been stuck in niche indecision, wondering what to do, then you should take my quiz and find out what you learn. You can take the quiz today at coachnichequiz.com. That's coachnichequiz.com. Okay, let's dive into this week's episode. Welcome to She Coaches Coaches. I'm your host, Candy Motzek, and I'm going to help you find the clarity, confidence, and courage to become the coach that you are meant to be. If you're a new coach, or if you've always wanted to be a life coach, then this is the place for you. We're going to talk all about mindset and strategies and how to, because step-by-step only works when you have the clarity, courage, and confidence to take action. Let's get started. Hey, everyone, and welcome to this episode. I've got a special guest today. Her name is Ash Wilder. Now, let me tell you a little bit about her. So Ash is the founder of the Story Breath School, which is a space for highly sensitive people to learn to write. Her goal is to help you pass the pen to your mythopoetic identity and entice your muse back from the neighbor's hot tub to your writing desk. This is soul deep support for creative living. And she helps people through one-on-one coaching and poetry courses, and they all explore the anatomy of the soul. She integrates the cross sections of a deep passion for neuroscience, skill development, and mind-body connection into all of her coursework. No matter where your blocks come up, she can teach you step-by-step how to unlock them in a trauma-sensitive and neuroscience-backed way. Ash, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Now, tell me, you and I originally met at Potapalooza, and then you reached out, and there was this, you know, is there an opportunity for us to have a deeper conversation? And I was like a definite yes. I really enjoyed meeting you the first time, and I just know that there's something really grounded and soulful and that the listeners will really appreciate it. So I'm glad you reached out and I'm, I'm glad you're here and I'm glad we connected. Yeah. I'm really glad to chat with you again. And I really appreciate your work in the world. I think that what you do for empowering coaches is really important. Mm, Thank you. Can you tell me sort of your journey to becoming a coach. I think that that's always a good place for us to start. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of long and whining, but I'll give you the, I'll give you the highlights. So in high school, I was very sure that I wanted to be a paramedic, that I wanted to go into some sort of medical field and learn very quickly that the blood and guts and gore were not things that were good for me that I just couldn't handle it. So I landed in massage therapy where I focused on sports and medical massage. And that building or that business, excuse me, grew and grew. And 
I did it without social media. Massage is a pretty easy sell. People are like, oh, you're a massage therapist. I love massage. Amazing. So it kind of got my gears turning about, you know, what might partner with massage that also like was really life-giving and supportive. Um, I've broken my wrist too many times to mention. So getting into massage therapy as a career was always something with an end point. So I knew from the beginning that I needed a partner career and I became a certified coach. And when I started my practice there, I in many ways did it the same way that I did my massage practice, because that's just the way that I knew to build business. I just talked to people that I was around that I knew were up to stuff. Um, and slowly this thing is really built into what we know it as today, which is the story breast school. Mm, I love that. And I know that one of the things we're going to talk about today is this thing that you've put in practice about how to build, how to build a practice. I'll call it a practice um, without social media. And I think every one of us has a love hate, sometimes more of a hate relationship with social media. And I think that more and more people that I meet really don't want to be part of that. They don't want to be part of that kind of curated world. It's not the best spot for them. It's not the best spot for them emotionally. And also they don't want to devote their attention to that area. I'll just put it that way. Um, so talk to me a little bit about this, about how you can do things without social media, how you can build a practice, how you can create connection and all this stuff. Yeah, great. So one of the things that I want to bring up just kind of at the forefront of this is there's a, an earlier podcast that you have. I forget the episode, but you talk about like the one most important question to ask yourself. And it's, is this moving the boat forward? Mm -hmm. You know, the example that you used. And for me, the thing that was going to move me forward in my coaching practice that was going to really make the boat move faster through the water was not social media. Whenever I thought about it, I felt like I was just becoming more stressed out. There were all of these questions around whether or not the platforms are designed for me as a consumer or for advertisers, where, where my energy was actually going to like make a difference. And as a pretty private person in general, I didn't use social media personally. So there was a little bit of a, a gap between feeling like I could use it professionally in a way that was aligned with who I am and who I want to give my clients permission to be. So, yeah, I started off really kind of bootstrapped and confused in the middle of the pandemic, at the beginning of the pandemic, really, with how do I build an online business without using social media? And it turns out that the ways that you do that are the ways that you build a massage practice or any sort of brick and mortar business, you talk to people, you have conversations, you start getting people excited about your work, the more excited you are about your work and wanting to share that and like be of service, the more people are intrigued. I think that there is this really collective aspect of being human that is like, whatever your dream is, whatever you're really excited about and passionate about and lights you up, like I'm going to be more engaged in that because I can see 
what it does to you and me as a bystander. I'm being affected by it. So a few of the things that I use are podcasts like this. That's an alternative for getting out in front of larger audiences for me. Um, In my newsletters, I invite people to, you know, forward them along. And then posters around town, like really weird, kind of goofy posters that are just like, so you want to be a writer? Google Ash Wilder or (laughs) something fun that just like people are sold to in very predictable and sometimes manipulative ways. And I think that sparking curiosity about your work can be a better tool for inviting people into your world than otherwise. Um, The other thing too is, you know, if we talk about like the six degrees of separation, like somehow, some way I could get in touch with Beyonce, right? That just like blows my mind. (laughs) And so when I was starting out and still today, when I'm feeling like I really want to expand who and what I'm working on and with, um, I just reach out to people I know and I say, hey, just in case, you know, we haven't touched base in a while. How's this thing about your life? And these are the things that I'm working on. I know that you do X, Y, or Z. Maybe you know someone who might, you know, get some value out of my service. Um, Just recently, I was playing Ultimate Frisbee with a lawyer. And we just got into a conversation. And she was like, what do you do for work? And I was like, I'm a writing coach. And she was like, so many of my clients could use some help. And I gave her my business card and like, great, there's, you know, suddenly a new pool. I think that what takes bravery in choosing to not rely on social media as a marketing tool or as an audience builder is the idea that you have to be face to face with someone inside of the like uncomfortable parts that can show up with us when we're saying, hey, I'm calling my shot. I'm a coach that maybe doesn't have any clients yet, or I'm a, you know, X, Y, Z, but you don't feel like you've proven yourself in the field yet. I feel like it's harder to be there in a one-on-one conversation than it is to make a post on social media sometimes. So, yeah. And so just, uh, just to sort of point out a couple of things, uh, especially to the listeners, you know, as you were describing how you might reach out to somebody you know, which the way you did it, your energy was calm, interested in what you're doing and very centered and very unattached to how you're speaking to them. So first you start inside, really excited about what you're doing and excited might not be the right word. It's sort of like more passionate, but I don't know. I can't can't quite find the right word right now, but if you're really connected with that part and then you share it from a place of offering, inviting, but not trying to glom onto somebody, it comes forward a very different way. So there's that. And I know that a lot of coaches and a lot of, you know, online entrepreneurs, they have this thing where they're very uncomfortable doing a social media post You know, so I'll hear this like, oh, I'm too scared to go live on, you know, Instagram or something like that. And they're scared to do that. And then they're scared to reach out individually. 
but we just need to know that there is going to be an element of fear and that I believe that one of the reasons for the fear is that this is deeply meaningful work, right? This is, you're really wanting to connect and support somebody to, you know, either overcome something or reach a dream or just move along that journey of life a little bit. And so that is deeply meaningful, deeply soul work. And so no wonder we're scared. You know, I've been coaching for years and I still experience nervousness. So that's the, you know, that's the thing is it just doesn't go away. It becomes a little bit easier in some circumstances, but there's always going to be something that's a little bit, you know, um, I don't know, scary, you know, but I think that that's why is it, it matters. If I was just selling widgets, you know, gears, widgets, something that didn't mean anything to me, I could talk to anybody about anything. Hey, you want to buy my widget? Right. But it's different than saying, hey, I want to have a relationship. I'm interested in helping you. Here's me talking to you. So do you experience that as well? Or do you have something, you know, sort of a different view into that? Experience the nervousness. Yeah. Of yeah. course. Yeah. Of right. Course. And I realized pretty early on in my business that me with the idea that I'm going to, you know, fix the world with coaching felt like too much, you know, like I can't fix the world with coaching. Sometimes I wake up in the morning and I feel like I can't even, you know, fix my life. So I knew that I needed to come up with a different identity as a coach that was going to allow me to offer this stuff to the world in a way that felt better. And so I went back and I started thinking about the, the ways that I've shown up in the world and invited people into something that have felt really good and been successful. And when I was um, 18 years old, I took on a, soccer league in a community pretty close to where I live now. Um, And I was the president of the league and there was a team of people and it was just this really fun thing. And when I think back about that experience, like the thing that really stands out to me is I was never like, come play soccer. It'll change your life. You'll get a great booty. Like you'll make friends. I was never like that. I was just like, come play soccer because it's fun. I play soccer because I love it. And so I realized that my identity as a coach needed to be in kind of a branding construct, like come do this because it's a party because Mm -hmm. I can't imagine any other way that is like as fun to interact with you, to like help you grow your confidence in communication. All of my branding is like, Let's get your muse back from your neighbor's hot tub. Like this is soul deep, super important work. And if we can carry a little like humor and lightheartedness with it, like let's do that. Why wouldn't we? Yeah. Yeah. And so that, you know, as you're talking about the save the world, you know, there's that savior complex and that is heavy energy, right? And then at the same time, I kind of disagree with you because we do save the world. 
you know, because we're like, I know that we know this where we are connected. We're all humans. We're all connected through that divine source. And so when one person shifts, it does change everything. And so it doesn't have to be a heavy responsibility, but we know that helping one person have a slightly different perspective, have a more grounded life, have a life that feels more like theirs, it changes their world. And that is everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm really happy that you brought up that counterpoint because I I do agree with you. And I think that there's, and now I'm kind of having like a breakthrough moment over here, but I'm realizing that writing has been for so many people inaccessible behind academic walls, like X, Y, or Z. So there's had to be a shift in my business towards making it more like a cooking class, like making it more like, come do this for fun. If it's totally gross at the end of the class, like order, take out, go home. It's fine. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that people vibe with different energies and it's important for me to offer my cooking class writing coaching style and somebody else who, you know, offers the like glasses on cardigan, serious work. Mm -hmm. And probably throughout people's writing journey, they're going to want a little of each at different times. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we never know which, right? Mm -hmm. So just to sort of circle back to this original topic about creating a coaching business, creating clients without social media, you know, the things that I heard you say is have some fun with it, be a little bit experimental, be true to yourself in, you know, what experience have you had where that really felt good. Mm. Accept that you're going to be scared forever and ever and ever, right? And connect with people individually. Reach out to them in a easy, relaxed way with an offer. And then the other thing that I didn't say yet, but I think is so much fun is the poster thing. I had a client a while ago and she did exactly that. And I kept thinking, what an odd thing to do, but like, it's her business. She gets to choose what she wants to do. Right. And I just, it just reminds me of that, but what a fun thing. Um, And then there's one more thing here about humanity. I know a bit of a skip, a skip around topic, but I've been hearing a lot lately about how AI is going to impact the coaching world, impact, you know, online business and all of these writing, all of these things. And I'm curious how you think about it. And I'll just sort of start with my thought and then see if that goes anywhere. Um, Is that that it's like the mass produced, right? Like, do I really want fast fashion or do I want something that was created with fabric that 
is real and that, you know, maybe was dyed from some, you know, fruit or berry or plant. And like, there's that depth in that human connection. And as I was thinking of the kind of writing that you do and thinking about that compared to AI, and it's sort of like pablum versus a gourmet meal, you know, Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. so how many people really want pablum in the long run? Some will be satisfied with that, but there's a lot of people who want that connection, that, you know, learning who they are, growing who they are. What do you think? Have you given much thought to it? Oh, so much, of course. I don't think you can help it right now in any industry. And I think in every industry, you'll find the people who are like, my job's done. I don't know what I'm going to do next. And then you're going to find the people who are like, I don't know, but I'm going to pivot. And then there's these other people who are like, my nose is down. Like whatever AI is doing, like let it do its thing. I'm sure of where I'm going. And for me and my business, the thing that AI has caused me to do is that at the end of each email in the footer, I say, this email was written by a real human. I that. Right? And I think that that, like, the fact that somebody is sitting down and taking time to write words, to come up with metaphors, to create a connection point is effort now that can be outsourced, but when it's not, it feels more personal. Mm-hmm. And probably the thing that caused me to not do anything on social media more than anything else is this idea that I know that I function better in one-on-one, very personal, intimate situations. That's just like where I find a lot of meaning. And so for me and what I'm building, yeah, AI is this big distraction machine. It's going to get all the airtime. It's going to. But when I think about the things that I've been invited into that I've really enjoyed, the way that I've been a consumer, it's been because my friend says, oh, my gosh, this book club is amazing. Or please come to this event with me, whatever evening. It's these one on one connections where they share what's real and up for them. And that's how my business has grown. And I don't see that changing. And I also want to say that, like, I'm not, I'm terrified of AI, for sure. I think I watched iRobot when I was too young. (laughs) Yeah. And Smart House on Disney. I can't believe they put that movie up there. And... I think that it does make writing and language and information more accessible to marginalized groups of people. And so I don't think it's a bad thing in and of itself. I think that the people who really value human connection are going to find me or someone else, someone like yourself. And in the same way that some people will never hire a coach because they think everything that they need to learn about personal development is in self-help books. Mm -hmm. We've just kind of got to let them be them. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. 
Yeah, this thing about uh, deep human connection is really strong for me too. And from a coaching standpoint, I do think that, you know, of course there's going to be fabulous little apps that will ask you questions that make you think, which is kind of cool for like a journaling practice, you know, like come up with a question about these things, thought-provoking question. So that can definitely spark some self-inquiry and some shifts in perspectives and, you know, some deepening awareness. But I think that there is something about coaching and it feels like it, it, you know, it could sort of, I don't, the word's not split, but like, you know, there's sort of personal development book style Mm -hmm. of growth. And then there's working with a personal coach. And there's this thing of, you know, the AI could make a lot of people, give them real great access to grow and create happier lives for themselves. But there's nothing like sitting across from your coach and they say, do you notice that you do that thing with your shoulder whenever you're uncomfortable? What's going on, right? Like just be so deeply seen and so deeply heard and so... um, you know, to have somebody that's really sitting and be present with you, that is not something that I can imagine yet. You can create a mechanical thing that does that. Yeah. Yeah. And I would imagine that the trust of shared human experience, whether that's stated or unstated in any sort of coaching space, is a huge reason why those reflections work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we've talked about a lot of stuff. What are you excited about right now? What's what's next? What's coming out for you? Mm. In my personal life, I'm very excited about a move. I am moving in with my sweetie. In my professional life, I am doing a poetry course this summer. Mm. and it's slow poetry summer swells and it's a really intentionally sweet and salty dive into how to just simmer down now and let the moments be important so I'm excited about that both as a teacher and a coach and as a participant Mm, I love because that. those grounding practices are just amazing. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so we still have this thing that sometimes we allow summer to be a little bit slower. So we give ourselves that gap that we can, you know, take a new approach. That sounds amazing. I've really appreciated mm-hmm. having you on the show. Great conversation. So for the listeners, how can they find out more about you? Yeah, everything is at www.storybreathschool.com. And I'm not on social. Awesome. So go there. We'll put it in the episode notes. Ash, thank you so much for joining us. Really enjoyed the conversation. And for the listeners, I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. And we'll be back and we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks again for listening today please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Also, I would love to hear from you. Did something that I say resonate? 
What else would you like to learn about? Click the link in the player and leave a comment on the post. This is going to give me great ideas for future episodes so I can help you best. Join me again next week for more coaching, support, and teaching to help you become the confident coach you are meant to be. We'll be right back.